Good evening, everybody, and welcome back once again to the Tom Broadbent Lounge. We've had a busy old week at SM1. We've had a surprise departure from the Rams' first team. We've also had an away game, Top North. We'll look forward to Tim Vine's chocolate and amber team this weekend. But we've also had an anniversary at the football club. And that anniversary happens to be the 30th anniversary of the day that Swindon Town Women's Football Club played their first competitive fixture. It was on the 5th of September 1993 that Swindon Town ladies walked out as 4-1 winners over Southampton Reserves. Goals from Edel Finn, Justine Hume, Kerry Garwood and Donna Wright set the Reds on their way. And 30 years later, going as strong as ever, we've got Town's, go- Town's current goal-getter in red joining us tonight. Now, producing poetry can be tough. Just ask Ellis. But what this baller does on a pitch is pure poetry. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me in welcoming back to the lounge an official Tom Broadbent Lounge athlete, Annie Golston Colston. Annie, how's it going? Oh, you're so cute. That's so <laughs> nice. I'm young, oh. thank you. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well. Bit sweaty, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Oh, it's too hot, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's mega hot. Now, something else that's mega hot is is Ellis Holloway. Ellis, oh. how are you doing? You flat me, Joe. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, pal. Good, pal. Good. We've also got Daz. Daz, how's it going, pal? I'm very well, and I'm hot too. It is overly warm. Uh, I mean, I think Gabs might be joining us a bit later on, and he's sat on a sun lounger in Mexico, and I feel like I'm also sat on a sun lounger in Mexico tonight. Now, we won't sort of sit around and and chat about our um, body temperatures for too long. Annie, we'll start off with, um, before we get into sort of yourself, we'll start off with town start to the season as a whole. Um, Obviously, we've had a managerial change at the end of last season, um, so first preseason under Mike, under Mike Cook, two games in, a win, a loss, positive start to the campaign. How are the girls feeling about it? Yeah, I'd say it's very positive. Um, obviously, Mike came in last season. I think there was four games left, um, mm-hmm. which is hard for the girls to take anyway. Because I don't think you see it much in the women's football as you do in like top tier men's. But obviously, they have a lot of manager changes throughout their season. Yeah. Um, and we don't really until it's like end of a season or someone's moving away. So it was tough for the girls to take, but they all adapted quick. And then I think Mike really got his teeth stuck in with pre-season, obviously recruited players and sort of building the team, who he wants to have in the team, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but pre-season and the start of the season is going really well. There's like a really good vibe around the girls. They're all buzzing. Um, but yeah. I'd say it's going pretty well. Oh, good. good. I mean, you, you mentioned there, obviously, Mike's had a pretty big impact over pre-season. Um, how are you enjoying the round of football that's sort of been, I guess, taught to you to you guys this season or or projected upon yourselves? Um, there's also been quite a lot said about the calibre of players that have been coming in over the summer. Um, this looks like a real strong group from the outside, at least. I mean, I've not been to the game yet. I'll ask it to the game soon. But from the outside on paper, this looks like a really, really strong group. Uh, yes, you will have to come to a game soon. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, he's he's added some really quality players in, like the likes of Ellie Strickle, uh, Grace Purnell, G Clifford, just to name a few. They've really brought quality to the team. Um, so he's definitely putting a stamp 
on Swindon for sure. And I'm enjoying the things we're doing. I mean, he's he's very like we analyse the games like well in advance and exploit areas that are going to hurt the team. So we're not like one style of play based. Um, we've got quite a good depth in that. We can look at the teams, know where we can hurt them and adapt what we do to sort of just give us like a bit of edge about us and to really punish teams. Mm. Is that side of the the analysis side of things, is that something that you've seen a real change at Swindon Town over the last couple of years? Obviously, we've had um, a fair bit of emphasis put back into the women's team, um, especially since Clem's taken over at the club. Is I mean, the, the analysis side, the the sort of standard of training, the facilities, has that really, really changed over your time at the club? Um, yeah, so we, we had analysis last season. We still got the same guy, Samir, doing it. But um, mm-hmm. this season, Mike's really like zooming in on the analysis. Like he wants to know specific players, like their percentage of passing, their head and winning rate and, you know, breaking it down into thirds of like, um, like for example, how many shots we have on target, where we are on the pitch when we have them. Like, he's really, really, like, breaking that down into finer details so that we can adapt it to training and, and look in the games and know what areas we can improve on. Mm. Um, and obviously, the facility-wise, now, um, with just the change in training over pre-season, we're at Foundation Park, whereas before we were somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and obviously, having all the home games at Foundation Park and then the five, I think, they're trying to do at the county ground uh, this season. So, yeah, this is a big step up and it's, a, it's going in the right direction for sure. Absolutely. I think, obviously, there you mentioned, we'll, we'll get on to the game at the weekend, but playing football at the county ground um, at, you know, a, a, a standard or a level in women's football where a lot of teams don't have that privilege or that ability or opportunity to play you know in front of you know a a very decent um attendance but in a stadium that's got you know 18,000 seats it's it is kind of unique I suppose Swindon Town are probably quite a uh a pull at this level I'd say wouldn't you? Yeah I mean it's amazing that everyone has agreed to to allow us to play there um I think it was like a fantastic seller point for the club for new players to be like this is the stage you get to play on. Not many teams actually are able to use their their men's stadium. So it's really good. Like even if you look in the WSL, there's still teams there that are only allowed to use their men's stadium for like five games. And for us to be doing this at Tier 4, I think it shows how much the men's team are on board with the women's team and how much they just want to secure that link together and just bridge the gap. Mm. I think it's really important, isn't it? I think, you know, Clem came in uh, to the football club with a real idea of making the club an entire Swindon Town family. Um, and I think, to be fair to him, in terms of the academy, obviously we've had the Wiltshire Shield final last year at the county ground with a lot of youth team players playing there. The women's, obviously the men's play their week in, week out. It does. It's starting to really become a Swindon Town family, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And I think all the work that they're doing behind the scenes is really starting to show now. Um, and I'd love to just get to a place where fans are like, brilliant, we'll watch the men on the, the Saturday and then we'll go and watch the women on the Sunday. And everyone just supports like different areas of the same club and just proper become one family. That's it. I think, like I say, you, you wear the one shirt and then everyone wears that shirt. And, you know, everyone that wears that shirt is a Swindon Town player and as a Swindon Town fan. Yep. You should be engaged with that. 
Exactly. Um, now they don't call you Golston for nothing. Um, two games, two sorry, two games in the league, two goals, standard. Uh, but there's also a small matter of the Women's National League Cup. Now you're free from one in that at the minute. Three goals, obviously coming on the STSC Hattie weekend. Um, you know to travel alongside Jake Young, Abu Kardo. Five goals from three. That's not a bad start, personally, is it? No, it's uh, it's going well. Um, I think I put a bit of pressure on myself this season off the back of last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew that just getting off the mark quickly would help ease that and just not have to worry about it. So they're look that's the stats are looking pretty nice already. So <laughs> fingers crossed it can carry on going that way. Otherwise, oh, I don't know. <laughs> we asked Jake Young last week, obviously started with seven goals. Um one of the guys that were in the group chat with Nathan said that, you know, he's on track for ninety seven goals this season. I think you're on track at the moment for around fifty. So we'll ask you the same question. Is anything below fifty now a failure? Oh my gosh. What sort of question is that? Look, I if mean, Erling Haaland could do it. Well, now you've said it, I'm going to feel like a failure. <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose so. Okay, so I mean, right. Have you got a goals target this season? Or are you going to give us a media trained answer and say it's all about the team success? Um, no, I actually don't have... Um, I don't have one. Last season... Um, sort of sat down with with Lally and we spoke about it and we came up with one but I haven't done that this season um but no on on the back of that I do feel like this season there's a a lot more players that can add to the goal contribution Mm -hmm. I mean if you've seen Taylor McDonald's free kick she's absolutely insane at them so I'm hoping she's going to get a few um Ellie Stripple she's going to bag a few as well so and Lanes she's been flying as well yeah, well, Lanes is flying, and yeah. we were expecting Lanes to be uh, popping into this evening, but she's got other plans that are more important, haven't she? So, uh, you know what? I just I can't believe that. What what could be more important than this? Oh, I know, I know, Annie. We'll have words. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll have words. we will. We will. Um, so, let's have a chat about last weekend's game. So, away at Exeter, um, we won't linger on it for too long because obviously it's uh, not the the best conversation to have at the moment, but. Um, what what happened from the outside looking in? It looked as if there was a little bit of a late collapse. Um, is there much from the game that, as a group, you guys can take moving forward? Do you know what I think? the The game itself, the general consensus after, we were all just a bit deflated because the scoreline did not reflect the game at all. And I know you hear that and you think, "Oh yeah, yeah," but honestly, it didn't. Like. I'd say majority of the game, we were the better team. Yeah, I think we turned up and they sort of expected us to 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 not be what we were. And so it sort of gave them a shock and we scored early on. Um, and then, yet, yeah, I think the last couple of games, the, the goals we've conceded, we've sort of given them to the other team. We, they've not actually earned them. So that's what we've been reflecting on as a team. We've we've took a lot of confidence and a lot of positive from the game at the weekend. Um, but also there's there's things that definitely can be worked on. But we were using Exeter as sort of a benchmark to see where we were. Because um, yeah. obviously the, the team's only really like eight weeks old. So I was going to say that. I think, you know, you are a new team and it was a massive overhaul in the summer. So I guess those experiences, experiencing a late loss like that together, it can only really be a positive moving forward. Yeah, for sure. You know, we don't want to 
like beat ourselves up about it too much but we want to just use it as a positive like we went there and we competed for that for that for the points and unfortunately we didn't get them from two late goals but that's something we can learn from and hopefully hold teams out in the future to get three points or even just take one because I think in this league you you just need to get as many points as possible yeah 100% I think as well I saw the videos obviously on Instagram Snapchat whatever of you guys on the um, on the coach on the way back, and I think a real positive was the sort of morale. the The team looked like they were really together after it. You all pulled together, had a bit of a laugh, had a bit of a dance. I mean, your dancing was awful, but uh, Mia's was all right. Um, it, the, 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 the morale looked the morale looked good, regardless. I think that's quite a good sign. Yeah, it did for sure, and I think that's like the best best thing to be when you can bounce back from a loss and reflect on it together and. You know, we're going to enjoy the wins together, but also we need to, you know, take the losses together and just just be one team and a collective and pick each other up because certain, certain people after certain games will feel more down than others. And I think it's just coming together as a team and just spurring each other on. That's really going to help us this season. Absolutely. I mean, you've got a chance tomorrow evening to bounce back straight away from the, from the loss. Um, obviously, Keenesham away. Uh, they've got the same records as yourself so far this season. Um, so obviously one win, one loss. How's the preparation been for the game? Um, you know, are you guys looking to go there and enforce your own your own game style on them? On them? Are you looking to, you know, change it up, or is it just a case of going there and and playing your best football? Yeah, well, we we had obviously training on Tuesday. We just did sort of a light session and worked on a few things because. Obviously, we've got the three games this week, so we didn't want to do anything too strenuous. Um, again, we've done analysis on them, um, sort of looked at their weakest areas, but just all in all, we want to go there and we want to get the win. We want the three points and to go home and smile and then go and win at the weekend. Absolutely. I mean, you said there about, obviously, we, we mentioned the analysis side of it earlier on. How easy is it to... To get, do you guys have full footage of the games? Of like, so Keenshin's last game, have you watched it back in full? Do you have clips? Do you just see the goals? What level of depth does the analysis go into? Because I, I genuinely, I'm, I'm not too sure um, at the level how much of the content you get to see. Yeah, so um, most of the games in our league and above, I'm not sure about leagues below, are, are all captured on VO. So okay. it's just pretty much about who you know and who, sorry, who will share the information with you of the teams that you've got coming up. So we have watched Kainsham against another team and we use like the whole games and then Samir will go away and clip certain things that he thinks we need to know and how we can we can use that to our advantage and what we need to look out for, like corners, etc. And, and just, yeah, use use that and he he's honestly unreal at what he does. He doesn't. I don't think he gets enough credit for it. But yeah, that's just what that's what happens. I was kind of hoping you wouldn't say that it was just on VO. I was sort of hoping you'd say Samir gets you know he gets himself up a tree and hides himself like a, a Leeds United scout. He just films on his phone. I think that'd, yeah, that'd be... um, I'm not sure that would go down too well. But I could ask him to try. Do it. Yeah, might as well. Um, <clears throat> so obviously past past Keensham, um we saw yourself all over Swindon Town Socials this afternoon promoting the game on Sunday. Um, again, obviously, off the back of your hat-trick in the Cup, next round, AFC Wimbledon. I mean, they, uh, 
we were chatting earlier on, and you mentioned that they haven't lost in like nearly a year, which is which is pretty big. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough game. Obviously, you mentioned that. Um, it's also a really big opportunity again for you guys to play at the county ground, which is exciting. How excited are you to get back out on the big pitch? Well, the big pitch, the big stage, even. Um, <laughs> And how big of a task do you think it's going to be? But can we do it? I am so excited. Um, it's been too long since I've played on that on the pitch, so I'm just excited, and all the other all the girls are excited, and people haven't played on there before. So I think it's going to be a really special occasion for all of us. Um, like you said, AFC Wimbledon are on like a massive win streak, so yep. I think for them that comes with a lot of pressure too, because once you've won for so long, you don't you don't want to lose. So I'm hoping we can use that to our advantage. Hundred percent. I think obviously as well, it's it's an opportunity for for Swindon Town fans, families, get yourselves down to the county ground on Sunday. Um, it's a big opportunity for you know the girls to progress in the cup. It's a chance for yourselves to play against a team that are clearly flying. Um, I mean, it's a chance as well. I wouldn't I wouldn't assume that AFC Wimbledon have played in front of many fans or in a stadium that's going to be similar to the county ground. So, as you say, I think pressure probably is on them, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah, I'm not too sure. Um, but, yeah, they, they've just, uh, they just beat a team from the tier above 2-0 to get through to the next round of this cup that we're playing. So, it's definitely going to be a tough game. And we need as many fans and as, as much support as we can to help us get through the game and to hopefully get the win. So, has the gaffer spoken to you guys much about the cup? I mean, a lot of teams. I think at the start of the season they'll see a league cup and go, "Well, it's a chance to to rotate. It's a chance to get some minutes in players that maybe haven't made many appearances in the league." Has he told you guys that you know this is a cup that we want to be winning, or is it a chance for you to go out there and experience new, you know, I don't know, play new tactics? get yourselves in different positions, try and work on some things, or is it all about winning it? I mean, we had a discussion before the Actonians game because that was a, a determining round, so it determined if you went into the League Cup or you went into the, the League Plate. Oh, right. Okay. Um, and some favour the Plate because, obviously, it's it, that's all the teams that have lost have gone into that one. But uh, us as a collective have said we want to to go into the cup and we want to get as far as we can and we want to win it so the mentality is is to win I think also he, he probably will do a couple of rotations just so players can get minutes and make sure their match fitness is still on form but the idea is to go and win percent, absolutely well obviously the tickets are available on Swindon Town's website um, make sure you get down to the county ground on Sunday I believe it's a 2pm kickoff, Addy. Uh, yes, it is. It is. So get yourself down to the county ground, 2pm Sunday, and watch the girls absolutely batter some Wombles, because it's going to happen. It's absolutely going to happen. Now, <laughs> Annie, I appreciate... We, I don't want to keep you for too long this evening. Um, I really, really appreciate you coming on the show at kind of short notice as well. So that was really lovely of you. Um, we are going to move on to have a little bit of a chat about the men's team now. You're welcome to stick around as well. Like, please stick around, have a chat. But also, if the small one hasn't gone to sleep yet, I also appreciate that's probably priority. Yeah, no, she is still awake. She's still calling me. So I'm going <laughs> to shoot. But thank you for having me on. Uh, I loved it as always. And hopefully I can come back soon.
absolute pleasure. We will look forward to you coming back, Annie. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. Bye bye. Mr. Robin, I see you in the speakers. Yes. Hello. Sorry. A uh, little bit late to the party. <laughs> no, that's absolutely fine, mate. Um, Annie Colson, what an absolute ledge. I mean, Ellis, does it get much better in, in women's football than Annie Golston Colston? She's just class, isn't she? Uh, well, the only thing is she supports Bristol City, so... Uh, uh, well, we're not all perfect, and it could have been Oxford, so... There you go, but I, I guess we can make some exceptions. Mate, if she's scoring goals in the red and white of Swindon Town and not the red and white of Bristol City, then she's alright to me. Absolutely. So, obviously, having a little uh, chat about the men's team, I, I couldn't leave out the Jakey Wakey situation before we get on to Donny. Um, yeah. Before the game, obviously, it was announced late, late on Friday evening, just before the transfer window slammed shut, young Jacob Wakelin, he departed for posh parishes anew. Uh, obviously, we hear that it was a deal that the club simply couldn't turn down. Um I mean, what are the panel's thoughts on this? Is it going to affect the squad in a negative sense? Is it just one of those ones where, again, you get a deal on the table? As a football club, you just have to accept that it is what it is and you, you take the money. Um, or are we quite content? Are, are we, okay, here's a question, Ellis. Are you content yeah. with the sale or are you a bit upset about it? Because I, I feel like I've got mixed emotions. Yeah, I, I can um, sort of... It's frustrating because it it obviously come out of nowhere, um, and you'd like to think if we had a bit more time, um, say we got the offer early in the week, we could have then had the opportunity to have a look at other options. I believe we made a bid on another striker, but uh, we didn't have the time, or or I think the the bid was too low. Um, so sort of. Obviously, where it happened, sort of out of nowhere, pretty late on in the evening, it's like unless you unless you've genuinely got your eyes on on a, a striker that you're working to get to get in, it's it's going to be be pretty unlikely that you're going to be able to bring someone in of the of the caliber that Flynn wants mm. um, to to sort of to come in. But look, let's be honest. Wait, Wakelin was our our fourth choice striker. Um, you've obviously got Austin Young, uh, Hepburn Murphy, and then and then Wakelin. But look, Austin's not going to play every game. He, he, he's getting older. He's not going to be able to play ninety minutes week in week out. Um, Hepburn Murphy is injury prone. Um, I mean, he's be, he's been out with with a, with a knock. So again, we're we're pretty light up front, especially in this formation that we're playing. If we're playing two strikers up front. Um, look, we're we're getting to the point where if if we pick up a suspension or an injury, then then we're looking pretty light up top. However, those strikers that we do have, uh, are, are plenty. You know, they're they're well good enough for for this league. I mean, Young and Young's putting in the goals, and I, I can't see, I can't see him not not scoring in in. Um, in many games, and and obviously Austin's a, a well-proven striker. I think what he offers off the ball, um, as well as on the ball, is you know second to none. Uh, so, you know the strikers that we've got are, are definitely that they'd be your, your first 
they'd be on on your, your team sheet uh, straight away. And I, I can't see anyone coming in that would replace them. Um, however, we're just looking very light in terms of uh, depth in in that position. Um, so hopefully, there's there's some fr- free agents out there that are, that that Flynn's had his eye eye on. And obviously, if we've got a decent amount of uh, if we've got a decent offer for Wakeland, then and and Flynn's got someone coming in, then 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 you can't argue with it. But that's my only sort of issue with it is is the depth in that position. Yeah, I mean, pure uh, pure numbers is a good it's a good argument, really. I think from from what we heard, we're probably looking at getting two or three free agents in. As you say, as well, if the issue with these free agents was you know agents fees or or weekly wages, you'd like to think whatever money came through for Jake Jake Waitlin's sale, at least a portion of that would be available to the gaffer to to be able to spend on his current squad or to add to that current squad even. Um, and I, I'm not going to lie as well. Obviously, it was highly rumored that the six figure sum that was bid for a striker happened to be Josh Humorer from Hartlepool. Yeah. Uh, mate, I think there are better out there in terms of free agents. I think there's better. Yeah, I think that that it could possibly have just been sort of like a panic sort of uh, sort of buy. Like, we, we've got a striker out. Let's get one in. Yeah. Um, I think it's, don't get me wrong, I think it's the right sort of archetypal yeah. sort of striker you're looking for. It's a bit different to what we've got in the squad. He's, he's a big lad. Um makes himself a nuisance in the air, he's strong, holds the ball up. That probably is what we need. But I think if you go and go out in the market and look at someone like a uh, off the top of my head, like a Connor Wickham or something, I think if you kept Connor Wickham fit, yeah. he's a great option to have. Yeah, a hundred percent. Those are the types of strikers you, you need to be looking at, and and Flynn obviously knows the type of the type of player, the type of striker that he's looking to get in. Mm. Um, and you know, if it, it's pointless going out and say, like for example, if 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 we went out and got Harry McCurdy, I, yeah. I know I know he's not fit, but um, you know, it, it doesn't sort of fit the mold of this team. Um, it does. It, it it it's a tricky one um, because you know, again we were we were constricted by time. Um, yeah. But look, we we've, we've got a gap now in 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 the team, and we've definitely got obviously got money from from the deal. So hopefully, if there's any decent you know uh, free agents out there that that we're possibly asking for a bit more money in terms of wages, we can, we, we, well, hopefully we can offer that to them now and and get them in. Yeah, well, I think obviously Mike Flynn's fans phoned in last night on the on BBC Wiltshire. Um, he did mention the fact that there were quite a few, a few free agents that were maybe asking for a few too many pennies and he's not going to be going above that. But yeah. I suppose certainly this money that's coming to the club is certainly not going to help. Um, sorry, it's not going to harm his chances of negotiating and maybe finding a bit of a middle ground, is it? No. Um, look, I, I mean, I think at this rate, if if we get any, get any knocks, we might have to recall Adeloy. We, we better get him. On, we, we better get him on on the on speed dial. Ah, uh, well, to be fair, there's an opportunity, I guess, for him if it does happen. But yeah. I mean, Daz, what are your thoughts on the Wakeland sale? Happy, sad, not asked. Um. I'm not bothered in the fact that um, I echo Ellis's content, you know, comments in the fact that fourth choice, 
Um, disappointed in the fact that there's raw talent that could have been honed, but you know, big money talks. So obviously, it's uh, a nice, <coughs> excuse me, nice stack of brass for him. So yeah, great, happy for that. Yeah, I mean, who's, to be fair to him as well, cool? Peterborough is a great pl- club to go to as a young player. You look at their <coughs> record of of um, youth team players and bringing them into the first team, developing them, and then selling them on for a big fee. It's yeah. probably a great place for a player of that age. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, th- there's there's some money in the bank for uh, Flinney to um, get one of these free agents. And But I think, you know, he's, he's not daft. And I don't think it's he's going to rush in, as he said, all, 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 all season, hasn't he? So far, he said he ain't rushing in. Mm-hmm. And he'll get what's right at the right price. He's not He's not going to be, uh, you know, done over by people wanting uh, money that, you know, that perhaps they shouldn't be asking for. And I think the other thing is, is you've got the strength in the team with, you know, like McEachern and Kemp in the midfield that, you know, they will, they will produce. It won't only be Charlie, uh, Jake and um, Russian doing, doing the goal scoring. So I'm not overly worried if there's an injury and, and this thing about Charlie not playing every game. He's played every game so far, hasn't he? I think he has, yeah. It's very true. It's one of those ones, though. It's like a striker of his age. If he plays every game... I mean, we've heard a lot this year about how Charlie is the fittest he's been in years. And I know Mike Flynn echoed those sentiments last night as well. So he might be in a position where he's been conditioned to a point where he can play every game. And if he can, then bloody hell, like, fair play. You know, and, and, and the thing is, is at the moment, is teams are scared of him. And that opens up so many opportunities for the rest of the team to get into places because they're worried about this Charlie Austin. That's it. You I know. think we've seen so many times as well at the start of the season where centre-backs, especially if you're playing as a back three, I've noticed, I think it was against Crew, two players were trying to, you know, basically man-mark and follow Charlie Austin around the pitch, which just left, I think in the first half, it left Jake Wakelin free. And then in the second half, Jake Young had a great amount of... Um, sort of space and time as well. So uh, if you can keep all the attention on, on Charlie and have Kempy and Youngie coming through, mate, it's, it's a good position to be in. Absolutely, 100%. So finally, Malcolm, Wakelin, yay, nay? Um, I was I was a bit disappointed when he left me. So I'd, I actually really liked him. But um, it, you've yeah. got to think about what's best for the club, haven't we? And I think we've got money for him and... I think he was a good prospect, maybe. Um, but ultimately, I think we brought him in to, to sell him on. So we've kind of done it, but I think maybe a little bit earlier than what we we're expecting. But yeah, I wish him all the best. I, I, I said, like him. He was, like I said, fourth choice. But I think that's because of the other strikers doing so well. Whereas maybe yeah. if they hadn't have got off to such a great start, he might have been a little bit further up the pecking order. But no, I. Trust that Flynn, I think, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see, we'll see what he gets in, but I'm sure that he's going to make the right decisions for the club. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, again, I say we, we were a player down from Friday night going into Saturday, um, trip up to Yorkshire. I mean, nil-nil draw. We'll go, we'll go for the starting 11 very quickly. Uh, so in net, Murphy Mahoney, uh, Idoka Godwin-Malief, Tom Brewitt, Fraser Blake-Tracy at the back. Uh, Romeo Hutton and Tariq Uwakwe on the wides. Uh, George McEachran, Saidu Khan, Dan Kemp in the middle, Jake Young and Charlie Austin up top. Now, Ellis, performances across the pitch. I've put in sort of in brackets here, underwhelming 
is that being harsh? Do we think there was especially, you know, poor in the second half, or was it a case of just due to having ten men up against us, sort of taking out the arse for like forty-five minutes? There was just no space. Yeah. Where was your head at? Yeah, we we look flat at times. I mean, look, we're coming off the back of you know three high-scoring games, um, so naturally we're, we're we're all expecting goals flying in everywhere. But I I think going you know the opposition going down ten men so early on it no it always always affects the game. Um, it. It's sort of it's a it's a case of put ten men behind the ball and you know uh, fight fight to to save the draw. It's not it's not even it's not even you know an option that you're looking to win. It's it's to save the draw. So it's it's always tough going up against against ten men, um, and it it was just. Where where we look good in in previous games in terms of being able to get the ball into the box to be able to build, you know have fast build up play f- through the thirds and sort of catch teams on counters it was it was so hard to you know counter a team because they just weren't offering anything um, you know at the other end so it's it's just you're, you're trying to make chances and opportunities out of out of nothing and and sort of passing around 10 men at the back so it was always it was always going to be uh it was always going to be challenging but look we we didn't look shit we we looked we looked a decent side i think they looked they looked well sort of regimented and you know, you could see they had a game plan, and and certainly when they went down to ten men, they stuck to it. Um, so it was always going to be hard to break down. You as know, far as ones men. as well, I think in my head, I know we won there last season, but Doncaster away for me is always quite a tough game for Swindon. Yeah, like we we tend to not get much change out of that fixture. Yeah, it's it's, it's always a tricky one. I mean, you could always argue that that. You know, we had to travel for the game, so that that can play play into effect. But look, I was, we didn't play badly. I think, um, I mean, it's it's cliche, but a, a point before, I mean, look, they were they were bottom of the league. Does that reflect the side? No, I think I think they're definitely they're definitely. I, I mean, we're only four or five games into the season, but yeah, they. They they definitely their performance didn't reflect where they are on the table is what I'm trying to say uh, and I think I mean a point look we're still unbeaten you you'd want to win but I think at that point you you take the point uh, a point away from home you always I, I put yeah that on my notes if you get a point away from home and you get your wins at home if you win every game at home. You know that's that's fine. That's like promotion form. That is, yeah, percent. I mean, and if you can win win the odd one here and there, you're you're laughing. It's it's yeah. It's it's a tough one, isn't it? I think I've also obviously I've written down in my notes eight yellow cards in the game and a red yeah. <laughs> Tommy Rowe just before half time. Yeah. Now I mean we've heard all about the referees clamping down on certain aspects of gamesmanship this season, which I think was largely greeted with praise and acceptance. But my God, I mean. The cars have been flying this year for regular fouls. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, Daz, what are your thoughts on, on the yellow cars and the red cars this season? They're having a negative um, impact on the game, aren't they? I mean, well, you know, I mean, the, the referees are rubbish at the best of times. You know, now you're giving them free reign to dish out cards. I mean, even, even uh, Andrew Horse had no idea who he was splashing the cards at because he was just throwing them out with gay abandon and nobody knew he was getting booked. We thought Charlie was off because we thought he'd been booked in the first half and, and, and nobody knew who'd actually been booked. So it's it's ludicrous and it is just going to ruin so many games. I don't think the guy, um, you know, the Donny player, he was looking at the ball. You know, his eye was on the ball, not our, our player's head. Um, I thought I thought it was harsh. It, I, I thought it's it was a harsh. harsh one, but if you look at the yellow cards that he's given out for the other fouls in the game, it's it's worse than that, isn't it? So it's like yeah, yeah. I, 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 you've given them three yellow cards early on in the game, and then someone's boot goes head high. You're stuck in a position where you have to back yourself and send a red card out. Yeah. But how many times are we going to get that clown in a season? Is it only I, twice, or, or, I mean, or can we get them multiple times? Well. How many clowns are there? That's the thing. I mean, it's well, no, well, he's, 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 his card's marked already as a blooming clown. We all we, we know the others. He's not on your Christmas card list, as he does. Absolutely not. No, <laughs> um, you've seen the picture of me shouting at referees, haven't you? I, I've, I've heard you shouting at referees in, in person, Daz. <laughs> I think we've all heard you shouting at referees in person, no matter where you're sat in the county ground, yeah, and the linesman, and the linesman's, yeah, yeah, one of your favorites. Um, yeah. I mean, Malk, what are your thoughts on the yellows and the reds and all the cars this season? It's just, it, I mean, I think it says a lot when you get to the point where both Doncaster fans and Swindon fans were both on Twitter on Saturday evening just saying that the referee essentially ruined what could have been a really good game of football. Yeah, exactly. And, and But how many times do we have this conversation after every game about every referee at this level? It's just shocking. I mean, I don't know what you can do. It the standard is just the well, just it, it seems to be getting worse. It should be getting better, surely, but it seems to be getting worse. And and we've gone from Wrexham, he was a joke, and then Saturday, yeah, I, yeah. Like you said, I, I agree with the red card. I think most people did think it was a red card, um, maybe slightly harsh, but like you said, he was booking people for for nothing anyway. So it was always gonna there was it was gonna be a red at some point. So I'm just glad it wasn't us, but. And then they they had to sit back and we had to try and break them down. We're not we're never the best at doing that. So yeah, it, oh, just referees. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say in terms of the red card having a negative impact on the game. So after that game, Doncaster's xG zero point nine, Swindon's xG one point one two. So it wasn't even a case of Town having a load of opportunities in the second half and just being you know wasteful. It genuinely was a case of 11 versus 10, and the 10 were camps, weren't they, Ellis? Like, what what can you do if you've got 10 players that are just sat there kicking and heading it out for throw-ins? It's just, it's it's not something that you, you're going to be taking your kids to a game and being like, right, here's the sport of football, fall in love with it, watch this. It's, yeah. It, it does, it completely ruins it. It does. It's, look, I, I know they've got to clamp down on, on time wasting, etc., but just... Just have a bit of common sense. I mean, it's flashing cards here, there, and everywhere. It it kills the game. It takes the attention away from the game and puts it onto the referee. I mean, as as a referee, surely, I, I mean, all 
all the best referees, uh, you, you don't notice them. They're, they're in the background. And I think the moment the attention is brought away from the football and onto the referee, it's not a good sign. And it's, it just it made the game flat. It was you, you can see towards the end, players are sort of tentative into going into into challenges and and they're wary and it's just it it gets to a point where it's it's becoming sort of it's, it's questionable and it's it's stupid and just just find you know a, a medium point and just just be like just have a bit of common sense yeah so i mean like i said i can't I'm struggling to even think of any chances in the second half where Town have had a good opportunity at goal. I think the only one I can think of is Hepburn Murphy. Yeah, back Hepburn home. Murphy. But that, yeah. Again, it was offside, wasn't it? So yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think we'll probably move on from Doncaster because it kind of feels a bit like a nothing game at this point. Yeah, I do. I I mean, you could look at it towards the end of the season and think we should have picked up an extra two points there. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't come to that, but. Look, we touched on it earlier. A point away from home is always is always decent. Um, we were hoping for more, but look, on, I mean, on we, we mentioned it on month. the show last week as well. About this, that they they just come off the back of uh, you know a very positive display against Everton in the cup. Yeah, yeah. So look, they're not going to be. I wouldn't say they'd be down there come May. Personally, no, I think not at all. Not at all. They they will be. They'll be mid-table. They won't be. They won't be fighting relegation. They're, they're a decent side. They've got some decent players. I, I, I know they've come off of. They've got a load of uh, injuries, like players coming back from injury and and whatnot. So, it's they're they're, they're definitely struggling in that department. But they won't. They won't be near the bottom towards the end of the season. Yeah, I agree. I mean, moving on to Saturday uh, and a team that. I think could maybe be down the bottom this season. Uh, Sutton United, obviously, they're second bottom of the league, just above Donny. Um, yeah. Just one win this season, lost the other five. They're coming off a 1-0 home loss to Forest Green Rovers. Surely, this is a must-win game for town. I think at home, especially, will give a little bit of leeway with away games. It is what it is. But at yeah. home, this is as close a must-win for me as as any game, really. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think we've got we've we've sort of been lucky. We've had a decent run of run of games at the start of this season, and I think if we can pick up a bit of momentum and just pick up three points and and you know not not losing games, um, you know we could we quite have easily have have lost lost the Donny game. Um, you know the most Swindon thing ever. Opposition gone down to ten men, and and you know we concede, but. Look, it's like you said, Joe. It's 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 sort of a must-win game, and I think this is a a point in the season where you'd you'd want Swindon to sort of make the county ground a fortress. And I know we always say we we touched on it last season, but I mean, I I I went to the Wrexham game earlier in the season, and their fans are mental. Um, and they they play such a big part in in the team's success. And you know we when we, when we were fight well four one up, it it was like their fans were sucking the ball into the net. And if we can get to a point where teams and certainly smaller teams, I mean you look at Sutton's ground and um, 
and sort of their facilities it's not anywhere near the county ground and what and what Swindon has to offer so if we yeah. can if we can get to a point where the county ground can become a fortress and and teams are scared of or not necessarily scared but you know wary and and not what yeah well scared of playing at the county ground when when you've got the likes of Charlie Austin in the side um I, it's only going to help us and and like you said Joe if we can if we can pit you know win win as many games as possible at home and 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 take the stress out of the away games then yeah yeah 100% mate uh daz is this a must win for you because i mean it's all <laughs> well, so- well, Sutton second from bottom, you know, we didn't fare that well against bottom, did we? Um, no. Um, I think the, the, the big thing about the, the county ground atmosphere is the team have got to give something for the fans to cheer on. If they're trying, if they're putting the effort in, then, you know, the, the, the county ground will respond and, and give them the support they deserve. When they um, perhaps aren't as proficient in, in getting the ball forward and playing well um, then is, Swindon fans are very quick to get on, on their backs and that's always a negative thing but you, you know they've, they've got to command the, re- the respect of the fans to give them that support that they desire, they've got to put the effort in and um, we'll see they, they've always started sprightly this season, I've, I've been chuffed with um, how they've started so therefore um, it's a will win. Mm, absolutely, uh, Malcolm. I mean, as Daz has, has rightly mentioned, there it is kind of a, a case of, you know, it's, it's on the boys to put in performances that demand an atmosphere. Now, I think a lot of people have mentioned the the similarities to the nineteen twenty season um, very early on this year. Obviously, we are only a few games in, but you've got the the Dorling Yates situation with the loanies of, of Kemp and Young. You've got an unbeaten start. You've got a manager who's probably since Richie Wellens is the most involved in terms of the community and the fan base that we've seen. Will the the atmosphere will come? I think it's been it's been a not bad it's not been a bad start. I think certainly away from home especially, but even the town end's been a little bit lively in recent weeks. Is it just to come with with positive wins with with positive performances? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I remember when when the and the county ground was a bit of a fortress and people did didn't like coming here play here and and you know that's that's what we're trying to bring back and I know Flynn that that's what they're trying to build. He's trying to get that pride back in the team. You can see the pride that he is for you know for having this job. He's loving the job. He's he's loving being a manager. And um I, I just think sometimes as a crowd we should we shouldn't have to wait to get like we should be getting behind the team anyway. If you've paid that money to get in, just get behind the team. That's what you're there for. Um, demanding that we're, yeah. we're entertained before we start singing, I just think, mm. do you know what? Just get behind the team and and, let, and see if that works. Because I'd ra- I'd rather go straight in singing, and you know go from there. But yeah, it, it just seems a bit odd that we have to be the, the players have to do that for us to respond. I think we should be there right from the start. And if we are from the start, then you know maybe that'll help the players better. I you know what I couldn't agree anymore. I mean, why are you paying twenty quid to go and sit down and be pissed off? Basically, exactly, and I, I'm like, when we go to away games, normally first to last minute, we were amazing. Like away to Wrexham was just brilliant. I mean, we were trying to compete with them, with their end because obviously there was we was a lot way outnumbered, but we give it a go. And and at times we did, 
we were really, really loud. And I think against um, Crawley at, at times, when when the, when the town ends singing, the Don Rogers is singing, it's really good, the whole ground. But we need to do that. And then that's, that's what's going to make it hard for other teams to cut. Because if you've got three sides of the ground singing, then that's going to give the, you know, that's having, that's going to give them a boost. But we don't do it. And I don't know why. I think we're just, we're just we think we're too good to, uh, uh, yeah, it just annoys me. But, yeah, when we get going, we are good, but we need to. I think we just need to do it earlier. And I yeah. don't know what the solution is. I think we've been there. People are looking into trying to get it done. The thing is, no one wants a drum. I get that, but you go to a lot of places where they have got a drum, and that's where you're getting the atmosphere from as well. Which and it is annoying. Don't get me wrong. So I don't really want to see one in in the county ground. But a lot of places you go, and I think was Rex, did Wrexham have a drum? I mean. I think they do have a drum, yeah, yeah. so, I mean, yeah, that is good. partly why the atmosphere was so good, because they've got that, they, they start that off. And we need to get something where, if we're not, if no one wants a drum, fair enough, but how are we going to get that atmosphere started without it? As as the cat, What's the catalyst to start everyone off? Yeah, like I say, I think the catalyst for starting everyone off should be the fact that you're a Swindon Town fan at a yeah. game, as, as you say. Yeah, really. definitely. But it doesn't um, seem to be enough at the moment. And, and I think, it used to be back in the day. The town end used to be rocking right from the start. Um, mm-hmm. Shivering Road. That's part of the reason I moved from the Don Rogers to the town end was because yeah. it seems like a draw. When I was younger, I'd be sat on the Don Rogers, thinking, "Good my God, I wish I was in there." Like, yeah, I just it drew me to games. So it used. I mean, we have got it in us. I mean, you go to a playoff game and the atmosphere is electric. So why can't we recreate that with with obviously less crowds, but. It's in. It's, we've we've got it in us. So if we can do that, I mean, that'll help the players no end. Definitely, it's just a bugbear of mine that we don't do it right from the start. But I, I I'm only one person. I can't do it. So you know. Yeah, mate. I I completely agree with you. I completely agree. With you. I mean, you mentioned there as well. The Crawley game <clears throat> was a especially the second half. Town sort of just threw caution to the wind. Um, all out attack, and obviously that does get it. It, it demands a certain amount of. Um, response from supporters. Ellis, is this a game where you can see, you know, a, a few goals being scored? Is it a game where you just bolt a goal difference out? Is it another chance to throw caution at, caution to the wind? Because I think, I, on paper, I think you do it, and then ultimately, I don't see anything in Sutton at the moment, at least, which worries me particularly. No, um, I think obviously our, our biggest challenge so far has been Wrexham and. Look, they're the the highest scoring um, team in the division, so I can't see many teams putting five past us. And you know, as as long as if you can score one more than than the other team, then you're gonna win. So I I think go for it. I mean, we've we've got goals in this side: uh, Austin, Young, Kemp. Look, all these players. Are, it's frightening what the amount of goals that we can score with this team. And I think, you know, prove a point. Get as many goals as possible. I, I, if if you can score, I don't see I don't see the need in in holding off. Go for the kill. Definitely, I think the only I was going to talk about sort of changes in the squad there, but I think the only squad size only person you would change that squad obviously is is Sadio Khan's away with international duty. So even you bring you bring Liam Kinsella into the midfield, there's still so many goals around him, like. I'm not gonna. I'll ask you predictions in a bit, but I'm not gonna say right now it's gonna be another six-one or six-nil. Sorry, 
but in my head, like, this squad should be battering. And I know we could talk about the sort of ex-player curse. Harry Smith's up top for them. We'll let him have one goal if we can have seven. I mean, Daz, this game's got goals all over it. It's me. What about you? Um, yeah, yeah. But you've hit the nail on the head. Curse of the uh, ex-Swindon player. And the one that really got me was that Alex Revel. Revel. Yeah. Every time. It didn't matter what club he played for. When he came back, bang one, bang two. You know, absolute rat bag. Um, and I think Harry's, Harry's going to be the same. I think he's going to get one. Um, do you want the prediction now? Go on, Ed. We'll have your prediction, Daz. 3-2. Three, 3-2. Two. Three, two. I mean, that's a, that's a money's worth game, isn't it? Oh, definitely. And... Uh, you know, if, if the three's for Swindon, then uh, the town end will be rocking. That's can I can I make a caveat with that? Can I ask can I ask for it to be two 0 Sutton and then three two town? That would be perfect, really. Oh, that would get the crowd going, wouldn't it? Definitely, absolutely. Uh, Malcolm, we'll move on to you, mate. Prediction wise, confidence. Um, yeah, they're 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 one of them teams that you never know how you know how we're gonna. We've got to match them because they're obviously strong and battling, and we've got to battle them. But I think if we play our game, we play we play like we can. And we we've seen the majority of the games, maybe not from Saturday, but in the majority of the games this season on the front foot, playing the ball around. I, I don't think they'll they'll be able to cope with us. I mean. It, it just proves now that fluke 5-1 against Notts County was a complete fluke because Notts County are top of the league and they're second bottom. So, um, I'll go for 3-0. 3-0. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that very, very much. Um, Ellis, what are you thinking, mate? Well, you know, I, I always like my high-scoring predictions, but... I just see us scoring loads of goals. Um, uh, eight goals, to be in fact. I think it's going to be eight, eight three. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but eight three. Come back to me after after Saturday. That's all I can say. Eight three. You need to put a tenner on that, I'm, mate. I'm literally just going on Bet three six five right now. I'm not <laughs> gambling on our podcast. Um, it's it's a. Uh, Something that you're you're welcome to do, but in moderation, of course. But um, let's just have a look at the odds of eight three to Swindon Town yeah, Football get, Club. Get on this that. Is a, this is a beauty of of live broadcasting. <laughs> um, look, I, I, I don't know I don't know why, but it's 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 calling my name eight you've three. Been drinking. No, <laughs> too many punches to the head. That's what it is. Eight nil was my first thought. I thought, no, don't be silly. Three, two. <laughs> I do. I'm sounding less and less delusional. No. Ellis, I'll get you what's the 450 to one. Oh, I'm just thinking a tenner on that. <laughs> I mean, like I say, this is, this is a game. I think looking at it on paper, obviously, Mike Flynn was, was asked about Sutton last night on the um, BBC radio phone in. He was asked about the agricultural sort of nature of Sutton's play, how they're a bit of a different beast to to a lot of modern sides, um, maybe a bit retro in that sense. They're the sort of team that you think we're linked with players like Rob Edwards and stuff in in free agent signings. A big lump at the back probably is 
maybe needed for this sort of game, isn't it? I mean, this is a game that you probably maybe wish you had a few. Even the likes of Josh Uber, I said it earlier on that he's not the sort of player that I would be going for in this in this squad. But they're sort of they're options that you could have against these big lumps of teams to to maybe compete. But I guess if we go out there and we impose our football on them, if you let let Dan Kemp have a go, I mean, Dan Kemp can he might be two foot smaller than any well any one of the Sutton players. It was run through the legs. Yeah, a, a perfect example is is the Forest Green game. You got to, you got to look at the height of all of their players, and it, it definitely didn't look like it phased us um, that much. I mean, we obviously won the game, and I reckon you, they've probably got you know on average on average the the highest sort of the tallest team in the division. So I've. As long as if you're good enough at playing football and you can pass the ball around and and keep the ball on the floor, then height isn't going to be an issue. It's obviously when when it when you can't do that and when you have to look at other options in terms of playing sort of a a long a, a more of a long ball style game. That's when you can get caught out. But I mean, Blake Tracy, uh, Brewitt. These, you know, our defenders they get stuck in, and and they they seem to win a lot of a lot of the headers. The the, the Rexham game stood out for me in terms of, um, I know we conceded five goals, but Brewer and Blake Tracy they they seem to be winning a lot of the headers. Um, I think Godwin Malief as well, mate. I think he's yeah, the one yeah, that has come in and maybe surprised. Well, I know that he was one of the towns. You know, top targets this summer, and it's clearly for good reason as well because he's been, he's come in, and not only does he carry the ball really really well moving forward, he brings it out of the back. You know, as good as anyone yeah. I've seen in a, in a Swindon shirt, but he's also solid in the air. Yeah, and I think if if you can win those balls in the air, that that it's a massive part. It's it's what when when you look at a taller player, that's sort of their main you know calling card that that they add to the team in, in terms of, you know, defending corners and also attacking corners as well and, and set pieces. Um, but look, I mean, if you've got a, a taller player who's, you know, typically slower on the ball, Flynn said it, it, it can definitely hinder what you're trying to do in terms of playing football out of the back and, and, and whatnot. So, <laughs> Flynn obviously knows what he wants. He know he knows the type of defender he wants, and if if we can get someone of a of, of a high quality at the back, not necessarily someone who's tall, but someone who gets stuck into challenges and you know wins balls in the air, that, that that's all you want. You you don't necessarily need height. No, I, I absolutely agree, mate. I think you know as you mentioned there, you alluded to the fact that that the gaffer has said that. You know, he does want extra players in the squad, whether or not they're tall, they're small, they're, they're middle, they're whatever. You know, he's not going to go and sign a player just because he's a big lump. He's not going to do that to the detriment of his ball-playing ability or his his range of passing or, you know, tactical analysis. He will only sign players that he feels are right for this squad. And I, I think the decisions that the gap has made so far, you've got to back him on that, haven't you? Yeah, I, I mean... The the num the numbers talk. You look at look at our stats. So look, we conceded five against Wrexham, but 
But was that because? I mean, one was a penalty, one was from from a Mate, free. Kick. That was that was a freak. It's a freak game. We're it, not it, we're not going to play another five five all season. No, not not at all. Um, obviously, the crew game is is arguable because we we were two 0 up. But I think that comes down to game management and sort of how you. I I, I think we went two 0 up and sort of relaxed a little bit. So that comes down to game management. I think in. If you look, if you look at our starting lineup, I think we've got the quality there. I think it's it's definitely a case of sort of gelling into this. I mean, it's a new manager. We've played what six, seven games under under Flynn uh, in terms of competitive games. So it's it's not it's not going to be perfect. I think the more games we play, you you're going to see a more refined version. Um, and it's clear to see Flynn's, Flynn's a proper manager and we're getting exciting football. You look at the past, well, last season, it it was so boring at times and I've, that's one thing that you can guarantee with, with a Michael Flynn side is that it's not going to be a boring game um, no matter who we're playing. I've, I mean, I'm saying that after Saturday's game, but yeah. No, I... I... Yeah, I don't think you're wrong at all. I think as well, he has. He, I think he knows it as well. He, he's felt the love from town fans, but I think he's he's earned that love in terms of his, you know, his, his willingness from the very start to come onto podcasts, to go and interact with fans, go do fan events, do interactions within the community. You know, it, it's he really has gone. I think above and beyond, especially obviously you mentioned last season, the experiences that we had with with coaches. It is kind of night and day, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it's it, it's it's refreshing to see. It's it's nice to see, you know, a set of players as well that you can clearly see they're responding to the manager. You can clearly see that they're a set unit and are playing for each other and playing for uh, and playing for the fans. Uh, so it, it's look. I think we've got a really good bunch of players here. Um, I think we've got a really good manager here, and I think. You add a bit of depth to this squad, and it's—I I can only see promotion. I—I I, know—I know I gave you eight free prediction, but look, what's what's yours, Joe? What my prediction? Yeah, um, I was going to say Flinball four, Hoofball one. I, I think I, I'll let—I say I'll let Harry Smith have a goal. Um, I, I like Harry. I think he's—he was a good player for us. Obviously, was at the club during a tough time in his life, uh, and it's really nice to see him back playing at a good standard and and scoring goals for Sutton. So we'll let him have one. I think that's fair, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, just the one. <laughs> um, just in the time, has anyone got anything else on the panel this evening? Because we've had a pretty busy evening. Obviously, started off with Annie Colston, had a chat about. Um, Swindertown Women's Football Club on their 30 year anniversary. Uh, we've had a chat about Doncaster and all of the cards that are in the post um, at Donny, or weren't at the post, were delivered to Donny actually. Um, Sutton as well, obviously, Tim Vine's lot going to get a good tonkin, according to us. Um, Malcolm, you pretty happy with the evening's work? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah no, I've really enjoyed it. Thanks. Happy days. Thank you for coming on, buddy. Daz? Yeah, looking forward to the game on Saturday. I'll be there, shouting in the town end. 
I look forward to it, mate. I look forward to it. And Ellis, as always, thank you very much for coming on, pal. Absolutely, Joe. No problem. Hero. Well, as always, thank you very much for joining us this evening. A reminder that we are the Tom Broadbent Lounge and we're an independent ex-space. We are not affiliated with either Swindon Town Football Club nor Sir Tom Broadbent himself. Thank you once again for listening all. Come on, you Reds. <laughs>